How's everyone doing? Welcome back to another episode of The Banker Next Door. I am your host, Dr. Joe Berkowitz. So this is the weekly update episode that I am so uh, happy to get to every week. I can't wait to Good. It's just good to be back and great to get started here. So uh, a couple things right off the bat that I wanted to share with everybody. I actually saw this on CNBC today. And uh, th again, this is not me saying this. If you went back, if you saw the episode that I did on the national debt, uh, I basically said in that episode that the national debt, the path that we are currently on, with fiscal policy is just it's not sustainable we cannot just keep printing money uh, into oblivion here and basically we're at a point now as and again this is cnbc saying this this is not uh this is not little old you know joe bag of donuts podcaster here saying this this is uh this is cnbc you know the u.s the u.s national debt is rising by one trillion dollars about every 100 days you know, the national debt now stands at nearly $34.4 trillion as of Wednesday since June. Uh, the last two $100 trillion jumps occurred in about 100 days. So that means basically in the last eight months, um, you know, we've seen the national debt increase by over $2 trillion. I mean, that's just that's just crazy. Uh, the debt load of the U.S. is growing at a quicker clip in recent months, increasing about two trillion nearly every 100 days. The national's debt, uh, the nation's debt, permanently crossed over to 34 trillion on January 4th, after brief, briefly crossing the mark on December 29th, according to the data from the U.S. Department of the Treasury. Uh, it reached 33 trillion on September 15th and 32 trillion on June 15th, um, hitting an accelerated pace. Before that, the one trillion move higher. From uh, 31 trillion took about eight months. You know, U.S. debt, which is the amount of money the federal government borrows to cover operating expenses, now stands at nearly 34.4 billion. I suggest should be trillion, not billion, as of Wednesday. Bank of America investment strategist uh, Michael Harnett believes the 100-day pattern will remain intact with the move from 34 trillion to 35 trillion. Uh, yes, this is, and then you can see this chart. I mean, look at this chart right here. Total total U.S. government debt. I mean, just look at how it has exploded, exploded since since you know June of last year. I mean, that's just that's just. I mean, it's just astron. You know, you know, is it? And then it's, this goes on to say, little wonder that debt debasement. You know, trades closing in all times uh, eyes. I.e., golds at over two thousand dollars an ounce. Bitcoin is approaching sixty seven thousand. Um, spot gold is currently hovering around $2,084 an ounce, while Bitcoin was recently around $61,443. The cryptocurrency in February closed out its best month since 2020, briefly trading above $64,000 on Wednesday before pulling back. Um, infos into Inflows into crypto funds are on course for a blowout year. Uh, and that's because people are looking to other alternatives than the dollar because, the, you know, again, it's just I mean, they're they're printing the dollar into into oblivion. And this this is absolutely just not sustainable. I mean, what our government is has done since covid is basically they're running a two trillion dollar deficit every year. So in other words, if we bring in four point six trillion dollars in taxes, uh, the government is spending six point six trillion dollars, and and that you know that's un that's completely unsustainable, and you 
have an environment where, you know, none of the politicians, I don't care if it's Democrat or Republican, I mean, you know, very few politicians right now have an appetite for wanting to really get in and make the hard cuts that you need to make to get this under control. Uh, and, and this is just, a, I mean, this is a major problem. I mean, this is going to lead to a catastrophic disaster because we are going to jump, we are going to jump from 34 trillion to probably 50 trillion dollars in debt in a matter of just, you know, uh, just a, a couple, you know, four or five years. I mean, this is gonna, I mean, this is just going to be absolutely nuts. And the treasury, uh, I've been following a lot of the treasury advances and the, the, I mean, the treasury has to continuously, uh, you know, just buy more of our own debt because nobody wants to buy it. So, so, and then here's another thing that just hit. So, Apollo Global says the Fed will not cut rates this year because inflation is moving higher again. And we just saw, I'm going to talk in a minute about the PCE was higher than they were expecting this week. Um, inflation is making another move up. And, and that, you know, it with this, again, I go back to with this spending, it is impossible, impossible for the Fed to get inflation down. They have, they have kind of gotten it down as best they can. It is, it is, it will not, it is, will not go lower. It's only going to go up the more that this money gets, gets uh, printed into the, you know, just gets, just gets, keep getting pumped out more and more and more and more. Um, but it's just interesting that, uh, you know, Apollo Global says that the Fed won't cut the rates. Now, I apologize to everybody. I'm not, I pay for a lot of things. I'm not paying for CNBC Pro. <laughs> But I, I saw this um, article, and I saw a couple other people today reference this article. So I, I went to go look it up, and it was on it was on Probe or you know whatever. Um, anyway, so uh, that was what uh, that was what I, I wanted to I wanted to kind of get into just to start with everybody, just to say you know hey look I mean this this is a a major major issue that we we've got to keep an eye on because this is going to lead to you know, just catastrophic, uh, events for our economy. If we don't, if we don't do something and get this, you know, under control, but anyway, okay. That's my diatribe on that. So, uh, this week, uh, I got a lot of great episodes coming out this week. If you've been following my uh, review of the Lords of easy money, I got episode four that's coming out. That is a review of chapter three of that book. I hope everybody will check that out. And I also did, I also, I did a, a couple other episodes on uh, Republic bank and kind of the soap opera that's going on there at that bank. Uh, I've got a, an episode on the merger between Capital One and Discover Card. I uh, might want to check that out. Uh, interesting article on the generational tug of war in the housing market right now. I did an episode on that. Uh, core systems, you know, should you consider a core system upgrade at your bank? Uh, and then finally, I, I did an episode just talking a little bit about relationship banking and what does relationship banking, what does that truly mean to your bank? So I hope everyone will go and check out some of those episodes. I hope people will go back and look at some of my, a lot of the other episodes that I've put out the last uh, couple weeks and, uh, you know, kind of get back uh, at, you know, some of the other things going on there. So, uh, but let's take a look. Let's hit the news and get into what is, uh, let's see here. Let's get into some of the things that are happening here. So Capital One Discover faces basically regulatory deal hurdles. Uh, again, go to my Apple, uh, go to my uh, Capital One uh, episode to kind of get, a, you know, check that out, see what's going on with that one uh, at the Fed. So the Fed is urging U.S. lenders that uh, provide banking services for third parties, such as hedge funds, to improve their counterparty uh, credit risk management practices. Um, they pointed to the collapse of long term capital management 25 years ago and 
you know, which, you know, basically an, an Archegos Capital, which more recently, which led to over 10 billion losses in the banking sector, um, urging banks to uh, derive lessons on how they can address gaps in managing their exposures to investment funds, which are far larger today. Um, the bank is basically, the Federal Reserve Bank is basically looking to end their term funding program. And, uh, you know, you know, coming up here in the next week or so. Um, on Capitol Hill, a group of 20 bipartisan lawmakers urged the U.S. SEC to scrap its proposed rule to restrict the usage of advanced analytics and artificial intelligence by firms such as digital trading platform Robinhood. Um, the Wall Street Journal reported. The agent, the lawmakers warned that the agency's proposed rule would harm historically underserved low and moderate income retirement savers and investors who rely on low cost brokerage services and self-directed investment tools, the report said. So interesting there. So um, chairman of the House Financial Services Committee, Patrick Henry, reintroduced the Financial Services Innovation Act, which will require federal regulators to create financial services innovation offices within their agencies to foster innovation. Okay. And then what are some of the things that we've got coming up next week? So we have on uh, Tuesday, <clears throat> we have the non-manufacturing PMI. We have the API weekly crude oil stock. On Wednesday, we have the ADP non-farm employment change. We have uh, the Fed Chairman Powell is going to testify. He'll be testifying on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, also on Wednesday, we have the Jolts job openings. We get the beige book. And then on Thursday, we have initial, initial jobless claims. We have the trade balance. We get consumer credit. Uh, and then on Thursday, we get uh, non-farm payrolls and we get the unemployment rate. So a lot of labor market stuff. Jeremy Powell testifying for a couple of days. So uh, a lot of interesting stuff or good stuff coming up this week. So let's take a look at some other things happening. So um, New York Community Bank Corp, a lot of interesting stuff continues to happen with these guys. A lot of crazy things going on there. So they named uh, Alessandro Danello, president and CEO of the company and unit Flagstar Bank, effective February 29th. Danello succeeds Thomas Kanjemi. Can uh, who has resigned but remains on the board of the company and the bank. Cam Jemmy's resignation was not due to any disagreement with the company, but New York Community Bank uh, Board presiding director Hanif Dania resigned effective immediately as he did not support the appointment of Danello as president and CEO, according to the regulatory filing. Uh, Marshall Lux, an independent director since 2022, was named to replace Dania. Um and I will also note that the stock, I believe, was down like 20% this week. So it's something to, you know, something to, to keep an eye on there. Um, they also, the bank, uh, New York Community Bank, also revised, it revised its previously announced unaudited financial results for the quarter and fiscal year ended December 31st, 2023, to make some adjustments, including for a goodwill impairment charge. Separately, the company identified material weaknesses in internal controls related to an internal loan review, which resulted from ineffective oversight, risk assessment, and monitoring activities. So New York Community Bancorp told the U.S. SEC that it will be filing its 2023 Form 10-K late to complete its plan for remediation. Um, 
In other news, uh, New York-based Metropolitan Bank Holding Corp could be forced to use higher funding sources as it, as it exits the banking as a service business entirely, which could make the company lose $781 million in deposits from the business line, accounting for about 13.6% of the company's total deposits as of December 31st. The decision to exit BAAS was spurred by how costly the business is and extraordinarily regulatory expectations, President and CEO Mark DeFazio said on the company's 2023 fourth quarter earnings call. So uh, that's an interesting one. I might have to do an episode just talking about that because um, BAAS, uh, Banking as a Service, is a, a very interesting business model that I did want to get to and, and talk about that. Um, Bank of America and Wells Fargo and Company through uh, Merrill and Wells brokerage units, respectively, have joined the newly permitted Bitcoin exchange-traded fund bandwagon and are now offering the approved ETFs to some wealth management clients with brokerage accounts who request the products, uh, Bloomberg News reported, citing people familiar with the matter. Um, U.S. House Financial Services Committee passed a bill that would reverse the U.S. SEC's staff accounting bulletin number 121, which sought to provide interpretive guidance on the accounting treatment and disclosure of cryptocurrency assets held by financial institutions on behalf of consumers. The Federal Housing Finance Agency announced updates to the implementation of new credit score requirements for single-family loans acquired by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. The FHFA said following extensive stakeholder engagement input, the agency is aligning the implementation date of the buy-merge credit reporting requirement with the transition from the classic FICO credit score model. The aligned transition is expected to occur in the fourth quarter of 2025, according to a press release. Yeah, that's probably something I need to talk a little bit more about this whole, uh, basically the, the FHFA wanting to use basically a different style credit report in terms of the underwriting for buying residential houses. It's very, uh, it's a little bit more interesting. It sounds kind of boring, but it's a little bit more interesting than you'd think. Um, Morgan Stanley is evaluating offering spot Bitcoin exchange traded funds to clients on its brokerage platform, Coindesk reported, citing two people with knowledge of the matter. The company has been mulling the prospect since the U.S. SEC approved the trading of spot Bitcoin ETFs in January. One of the sources told the news outlet the company declined to comment. Uh, J.P. Morgan Chase and Company is in advanced talks to partner with FS Investments and Octagon Credit Investors as part of its plan to create a syndication group that will help fund private credit deals it originates, Bloomberg News reported. Um, Webull Corp's efforts to... Uh, publicly list in the U.S. were hampered by its exposure to the cryptocurrency sector, Bloomberg News reported, citing the firm's U.S. CEO, Anthony Denier, who added that the company sold its digital asset business and removed its cryptocurrency offerings from its platform globally at the end of 2023. Uh, Coinbase Global suffered a spat of outages on its retail platform, leading to some investors seeing zero balances across their Coinbase accounts and facing errors in buying and selling, Bloomberg News reported. The company told users that their assets are safe and that it is investigating the matter. Gemini Trust Company has agreed to return at least $1.1 billion uh, to Gemini Earn Lending Program customers through the bankruptcy proceedings of Genesis Global Capital, LLC. 
The New York Department of Financial Services announced the regular all the regulator also said that Gemini will pay it a 37 million fine for alleged failures that threaten the safety and soundness of the company. Uh, former employees of FTX Trading and Alameda Research have raised $17 million to create a cryptocurrency exchange called Backpack, which closed a Series A round at a $120 million valuation. Um, that's amazing. You scam people out of $8 billion and you just go and start another cryptocurrency exchange. It's interesting. Um Okay, uh, let's see what uh, what else we got here. Uh, so, J.P. Morgan Chase and Company still sees physical locations as a vital piece of its strategy. I kind of reported on this a couple weeks ago. If you want to go back and check out that on an episode on J.P. Morgan building more branches, the most active net opener in 2023, J.P. Morgan recently announced plans to open 500 more branches by 2027. The branch footprint is an absolutely critical driver of new account acquisition and of retention. We have observed over a long period of time that branch share and deposit share are quite strongly correlated. Okay. Um, Piper Sandler analyst named three banks, uh, Los Angeles-based Bank of California, uh, Carmel, Indiana-based Merchants Bank Corp., and Houston-based Prosperity Bank Shares, Inc., as well-positioned to benefit from lower rates. They expect the market to pivot to the overnight rates uh banks if the federal reserve starts cutting rates this year um let's see here let's see here ftx trading uh founder sam bankman fried's lawyers recommended a prison term of no more than six and a half years for the cryptocurrency mogul for alleged or allegedly orchestrating a fraud that brought down the cryptocurrency exchange bloomberg nord's news reported um no, he didn't allegedly orchestrate. He was convicted of orchestrating that. It was no, there's nothing alleged about it. Now he was he was convicted um, about it. So, um, and there's they set the 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 sentencing for March 28th. Now I would not be. I will tell it to you like this. I would not be shocked if he does not get a a, pris, uh, a, um, a stiff prison sentence. If, if he, if he ends up getting like 10 years, I, I wouldn't be shocked at all by that. Um, uh, he should get, I mean, he should get, I don't know, 40, 50 years in prison, whatever for, for doing that. But, but like I said, I wouldn't be shocked if he gets a lesser prison sentence. You know, it's, it's, it, it always bothers me in these white collar crime cases when, when, you know, somebody gets convicted, but they don't get sentenced for like six months. It's like, what, it's like, what, why do you need to wait six months to, to issue the sentencing? You should come back you know, you should come right back the next day and issue your sentencing. It's not that, you know, it's not that hard. Like, you know, judges, they know what they're doing in a lot of these cases, uh, you know, and, and you, you know, you almost feel like that they wait six months because they just want the headline to be out of the news. Um, so they can just wait and then, oh, like, oh, you know, and then, oh, we gave him a, a very light slap on the wrist type sentence. You know, we gave him 10 years and he can get out and forward with, with good behavior and um, and they just don't want that to be the big headline at the moment. So, but I don't know. That's that's my uh, it's my jaded part of me. Um, okay, what else we got here? A bipartisan group of twenty U.S. lawmakers urged the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission to leave digital 
trading platforms like Robinhood Markets Inc. alone and scrap its proposed rule to restrict such entities' use of advanced analytics and artificial intelligence. It's kind of, yeah, what I just reported from the Hill. The Wall Street Journal reported, citing a letter addressed to the SEC chair, Gary Gensler. Uh, the lawmakers warned that the agency's proposed rule would harm historically underserved low and moderate income retirement savers and investors. Um, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know about that. Um, yeah, I don't know that, that, that would need, uh, yeah, just a little bit more interesting look at, at that. So, um, Okay, in a prepared speech at the Basel Committee Conference in New York, Federal Reserve Vice Chair for Supervision Michael Barr highlighted the importance of counterparty credit risk management and working with hedge funds. Okay, Grayscale Bitcoin Trust logged $7. billion in outflows across 30 trading days as of February 23rd, Bloomberg News reported. While other Bitcoin ETFs have posted net inflows since their launch, GBTC has yet to post a single inflow since its conversion in mid-January. Um, that's interesting, considering the, the, considering the grayscale, the Bitcoin trust, they were like the primary drivers of this. I mean, they had really been pushing that thing for quite a while. Um, okay. What else, what else we got here? So we got uh U.S. district judge, Richard Jones approved a 4.3 billion fine on Binance holdings at a February 23rd sentencing hearing in Seattle, following the guilty plea of the cryptocurrency exchange giant and its founder, uh, Chang Pen Zhao, uh, to anti-money laundering and sanctions, uh, charged last November, Bloomberg news reported. It was one of the largest criminal penalties the U.S. has levied. The report noted Binance admitted that it allowed transaction with Hamas and other terrorist groups on the exchange, according to the reports. Um, so, a lot of a lot of cryptocurrency news there. A lot of you know a lot of news around these Bitcoin ETFs and uh, just a lot of stuff going on there. But you'll notice uh, a pattern there. Um, constantly a lot of fraud, a lot of, you know, getting fined billions of dollars, getting, you know, you know, settling lawsuits, uh, you know, all the, you know, a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of fraud around the, around the crypto world there. So, okay. So what else we got here? So, uh, personal income and spending rise. So, uh, this week we got some economic information. So personal, uh, income increased 1% in January and consumer spending rose, uh, 0.2%, the Commerce Department reported. The PCE price index, a key inflation gauge, increased 0.3% and was up 2.4% from a year ago, down from a 2.6% year-over-year increase a month ago. So you, the PCE, the Fed's favorite inflation gauge, uh, popped back up when it wasn't expecting. And this is why the person from Apollo Management Group said that they are not expecting any rate cuts this year now because of, because inflation is popping back up. Uh, pending home sales recede in January. Pending home sales decreased 4.9% in January and we're down 8.8% from a year ago, according to the National Association of Realtors. So the SEC will be voting next week on a climate proposal. So we'll see how that goes. Um, Global Group warns of crypto intermediary stablecoin risks. Uh, the head of the Financial Stability Board warned of the risks posed by multifunction crypto intermediaries and stable coins. Um, I'll get more on that later. 
Uh, pig, but this is interesting. Pig butchering scams have nabbed 75 billion. A new academic paper found pig butchering scams in which victims invest increasing sums in supposedly legitimate virtual currency enterprises before being conned out of their money claimed 75 billion since January of 2020. Um, as reported by Bloomberg News, University of Texas researchers found 15 billion had come from five exchanges typically used by victims in Western countries, including Coinbase. The study also found that the scammers typically converted their collective funds into the Tether stablecoin. Oh, interesting. Um, you know, yet more fraud there in the cryptocurrency world. Um, FHFA changes timeline for new credit scoring models. Yeah, we talked about that. Let's see here. ICBA groups, the what's called the ISO 20022 harmonizes harmonization requires community bank representation. So uh, basically the, the background here is the framework from the Bank for International Settlements or the BIS Committee on Payments and Market Infrastructures is designed to establish consistent messaging data for cross-border payments. Most of the world payment systems are adopted are adopting the ISO 20022 messaging standard by next year. And the panel is urging jurisdictions to align with the standards, which are not requirements by the end of 2027. So kind of more things there. Treasury says AI is reducing check fraud. The U.S. Treasury Department said it has recovered more than 375 million via an enhanced fraud detection process that uses artificial intelligence. So the Treasury said it has uh, responded to a 385% increase in check fraud since the pandemic uh, with an effort at its Office of Payment Integrity to expedite the recovery of potentially fraudulent payments from financial institutions. So a kind of interesting thing. Um, new home sales rise 1.5% in January. So sales of uh, new single family houses increased 1.5% in January. And we're up 1.8% from a year ago. Uh, the medium sales price on new houses sold in January 2024 was 420000 down from 432000 a year ago. Uh, home prices gain consumer confidence retreats as, uh, retreats as I had estimated last week. So home prices increased 5.5% in December from the same time a year ago, following a 5% year-over-year increase in November. Um, the Consumer Confidence Index declined to 106.7 in February from a revised 110.9% in January, following three consecutive monthly gains. So, uh, so basically, the index declined in February, and the the uh, it was revised downward uh, from its January number. So it's been it's it's going down now for the last couple of months, and then uh, we have and then new orders for manufactured durable goods decreased 6.1% in January following a 0.3% decline in December. So new orders for manufacturing durable, durable goods goes down. So fourth quarter GDP growth revised to 3.2%. The gross domestic product increased at an annual rate of 3.2% in the fourth quarter following a 4.9% increase in the third quarter, according to the Commerce Department's second estimate. The increase was revised down from a 3.3% estimate released last month. Um, so again, I mean, I, I've, I'm very skeptical of these GDP numbers right now. I think a lot of this GDP growth is being driven by 
government spending. And if that government spending was not there, we would not be seeing anywhere close to these GDP numbers. But you know, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that and see what's, what's going on there. And then, uh, so the New York Fed's Williams growth, inflation to slow this year. So New York Federal Reserve Bank of New York President and CEO John Williams said he expects GDP growth to slow to about 1.5% this year due to restrictive monetary policy. Uh, speaking in Garden City, New York, Williams said he also expects the unemployment rate to rise modestly to peak at roughly 4%, and the Fed's preferred inflation gauge to decline to 2 to 2.25% this year. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if I agree with any of that, but we'll see. Yeah, well, you know, I hope, I hope more or more to come with that lately. So, all right. Um, so obviously, you know, a lot of stuff going on here in the, the banking world. Uh, I've got it, it's just insane the amount of information that I have or the stuff that I could go into. But I'm going to I'm going to basically wrap this up at this point. So I hope people are finding the weekly update beneficial and entertaining. Um, I will continue to try to bring you guys uh, this updated information on a weekly basis, uh, more economic data and information to come out this week. I think it'll be very telling to see what Jeremy Powell says in his two days of congressional testimony um, on Tuesday and Wednesday of this week. So we'll see what happens with all that. We're going to keep a, uh, an eye out on New York Community Bank. I think I'll be probably coming back with an update on that uh, next weekend uh, with as well as some other things. But uh, but. Please, you know, make sure to uh, check out some of the episodes that uh, the other episodes that I posted this weekend. And if you like this episode, please make sure to like, subscribe, share. That always helps the channel. Please make sure to leave your comments down below. Re remember, we are on YouTube, Rumble, and all major podcast platforms. And I hope to see everybody again real soon. Have a wonderful week, and I'll see everybody again next weekend. Thanks a lot.